shit, people. It's a special echo chamber because it is day one of Final Girls Berlin. Right? There is four days of all your horror goodness and different genres of horror people. So are you ready for this? We've got a film, a feature film, and a number of shorts. Trust me, so many flavors, people. So think you'll want to sit back and soak it all in. All right, let's get this baby popping. Okay, people, so our first block of shorts at Final Girls Berlin is social eels. So social horror is a theme Final Girls Berlin keeps returning to. And it's no wonder, considering the world we live in, sexual harassment, colonist violent, colonialist violence, depression, the potential horrors of motherhood, and more of life's real deal problems are grappled with in this incisive short block. So, people, it all kicks off with the goldfish. Okay, people, so the first film I got to in the... Um, Yes, ill wills, right? I, I, but, I, but, yeah, I think the uh, the slot is ill wills, right? In the, uh, yeah, in the so, no, social ills. Yes, I thought ill sounded a bit off. In the first film I got to in the social ills block was the goldfish. Okay, so this is written and directed by Ashley Brim. Uh, she also um, executive produced it along with Jennifer Goldridge and Chris Riddle. Diana Ward was the producer. Music was handled by Isabel Engram Bedrovic and uh, Gerardo Garcia Jr. Bongani Mayambo handled the cinematography. Melanie Annan was um, editing the film. Casting was from Judy Henderson. Production design is Brittany Ingram. Um, makeup is Alicia Brown and Naha Pat Wadhan. Uh, production management, Jackie J. Stone. Costume design is Lisa Erickson. Set decoration, Vanessa Wilson. Anyway, there was a, a few other people working behind the scenes as well. So our cast, right, we've got um, Audrey, who is played by Diara Kilpatrick. And her sister, Sarah, who is played by Marissa Harbour. So um, Sarah's husband is Ravi, 
played by Dravuv Uder Singh. And Audrey's husband is Jason, played by Cedric Sanders. Um, yeah, there's a, a few other people who we see. So there's Maya, who's played by Courtney Jasmine. Uh, Naomi, who's played by Erica Ikeda. Um, there's Stella, played by Nora Harriet. Meg, played by Christine Garver. And Jackie, played by Anna Dienz. So that is our cast. And, um, yeah, the, the, the gist of the film, it's just, um, it's just a little simple one, really. Uh, right? So, um, yeah, an adopted woman is forced to confront her darkest fear about motherhood at her sister's baby shower. So, you know, like going into this, right, with no knowledge, it is very interesting, right? Because we open up and Audrey is on the sofa, legs up, and, um, you know, she's talking to Jason. And I think just from that, you kind of think, oh, I think she is trying to get pregnant, right? Because I don't know, uh, we've seen plenty of things. And there's also the stories. If you do a handstand, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just all of these things. So I think that's the, well, I don't know, maybe I'm a, that's the assumption I got, right? And we have her, like she's talking to a goldfish as Jason leaves the room. And we have a look up, right? And the goldfish has got kids, like it's given birth. And she's just like, yo. And you're thinking, oh man, uh, okay, so this must be a sign. And I wonder where, you know, this moment leads to film. It's called the goldfish. So there's definitely something here. What then happens now? If you've watched uh, enough animal documentaries, right? David Attenborough, you know, there's all them jams. It's not necessarily a shock. But to um, see this thing, you're like, oh, <laughs> what does that mean now? Like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, and I, I, and I was thinking that, I don't know, maybe it's a body snatcher thing or like we were going to get something, right? But this isn't your, it's not your typical horror film, you know? It's definitely not your typical horror. And we see, um, we see Audrey go to her sister's baby shower, right? So you're thinking, oh, what's going to go down here? Now, the horror of you know, really is the way Sarah's friends act, the way fucking said Jesus Christ. And I have been in those, I understand, I understand, right? When, you know, <laughs> you go to a spot that isn't very diverse, 
right, isn't very diverse. And then you just have people asking just some fucking dumb questions, dumb questions, right? And things, you can see, like, the moment everything, like, amping up. And to be honest, Jason ain't helping, right? Ain't helping. And I think sometimes you think, oh, this shit can be awkward because I think unless you've gone through a thing, I don't think you fully understand, right? Because people just think, oh, but, you know, surely you'd want to do this or you must feel this. And it's a crazy thing. It's definitely a crazy thing. So, you know, it's seeing these situations, right? Meg, yo, Meg asks some, (laughs) Jesus Christ, the question Meg asks, you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) You know what I mean? But, hey, it's handled very well because I think you feel the awkwardness, the anxiety from Audrey. Right. And and then just, I think that building frustration and resentment with Jason and just a lot of the other people at the spot. Right. Maya seems her only, you know, safe haven, but (laughs) there's only one Maya. Right. So we see all of this. Now, we then get this conversation between Audrey and Sarah that you're like, huh, that's interesting. And the film ends on something that plays out of this moment, which is very interesting, right? Because I don't know, man, I'm looking at Shadow and stuff like that, and I'm thinking, is is that, like, what? Huh. You know, it's just a very interesting thing. This throughout, we're seeing Audrey plagued by this fish incident, which it it got, you know, I mean, you can see the logic in it. You can see why that would affect her. But it is very interesting the way this is playing off this of a moment, right, and when it comes to birth and life and everything like that, man, it is a crazy cocktail, now, it's just 17 minutes, but I I definitely think it, it, it makes, this one makes you think, right, as I said, it's not your typical horror, but I did like the goldfish, Right? I, I enjoyed it. I thought the acting was very good. And, you know, just some of the, the way these shots are presented, you know, Brim does a very good job with that. You know, I'd, I'd be very curious to find out how she got this story. But, yeah, people, if you get an opportunity, I would definitely say give the goldfish a look. Next up is Canadian horror, She Whistles. Okay, people. So, 
Yo, I just checked out this new Canadian short, right? It's, um, oh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly, but Kawes Kusiwi, uh, which is translated to She Whistles. Okay, so this is written and directed by Furza Kufard, right? Um, a Canadian uh, director, writer, and man, it is. Oof. Yeah, this is a horrifying, horrifying story. It is produced by um, one of its stars, Sierra Lee's MacArthur, um, Tina Vakalopoulos co-produces, um, Lee Jansom's executive produces, Coulthard, Michael Jarvis, Sarah Thomas Moffitt, and Yulia Rak Rakamimova are assistant producers and associate producers on the piece, and David Garangani um, is a consulting producer. Music is from Nigel Irwin. Uh, Sarah Thomas Moffat, she also handles the cinematography. Orly Boom um, does the editing. Production design is from Itzel Velasquez Martinez. Barbara Sarapong um, handles the, uh, the makeup and the hair. Um, also, you have Kaylee Tren, Liz Van Der Beige, and Emmanuel Whitney Alexander, all um, in the second unit team. Sound is from Chase Ryan Hart and Michael Wegg. Visual effects are Aaron Siegel. Uh, stunts, Stephanie Hawkins. She coordinates all of that. And there's some other talented people helping. Our stars are, as mentioned, Sarah Lees MacArthur, right? Um, she plays Stephanie. Um, Aidan Devine is the cab driver. All right, we've got um, Sebastian Bertrand, who is a bouncer at the club. Uh, no, he's a club goer. Andrew Davis is the bouncer, and Elaine Lee is another club goer. So, um, the gist of the film is this on the way to her girlfriend's place, an indigenous woman is assaulted by her cab driver. Amidst a struggle, she discovers a deadly supernatural power that may help solve the mystery of her mother's disappearance. <coughs> oh, gosh, excuse me, people. So this is, 
just 12 minutes. It's not long. And you wonder, right, wonder where it's going to go, right? Because, you know, she whistles. It, it's a, you're like, oh, what does that mean? Right? And we open up with um, Stephanie standing at the club. And uh, you don't, like, something's happened. It looks like she's waiting for someone and she gets stood up. She then calls her girlfriend and says, can I come over? Right, so we we see her leave and get into a cab. All right, and oh, like you know, I've got to say, Divine does a great job of being fucking creepy because it it starts off with like just some questions, and I think. Some people may think, oh, they're just innocuous. But when you dealt with bullshit like this, you know that this is not the start of something good, right? Just questions are just like, where are you from? You know, which isn't, oh, what part of Canada? What part of the city? It's not that question, right? You know it's not that question. And then it's just like, oh, I mean, obviously your parents must be. And it's just like, what, what, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, what's happening? And you see her do something and you just think, oh, that's not good, right? But the, I think the thing is, certain sounds are very, they're attached now to certain things. So if someone's paying attention, oh, they know straight out the gate, which is something that we see happen, right? This, this way all of this transpires and you are just so anxious for Stephanie, so anxious for Stephanie. And it's just like, oh no, what's, where is this going to go? Right now, what, what is interesting though is, um, the cab driver, he whistles, and she's like, don't know. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you people and your superstition. And so it's just like, hmm, what does, huh, what? And it it's just from this horrific incident, right? This thing that, you know, we then have this folklorian retribution, as it were, right? Which is, ah, you know what I mean? You're just like, yo, because I think mean, there's certain things that you hear about, right? When it comes to folklore and beliefs and all of that. This, never heard this, right? So it's just like, oh, shit. Okay. But. You you are definitely down. You are definitely down. And I think there's a point in this where you think possibly, yeah, that, that's as bad as it gets. But there's just this moment towards the end where the extent of everything kind of comes crashing home. And it's just like, oh, fuck, man. That is really just horrific 
And what might seem like a innocuous little short horror film, right? Just this story that's, yeah, horrible but compelling and, you know, it's actually stemming from something a lot deeper because there are these issues in Canada where indigenous women are going missing, right? And it, it, it's not given the same um, note as if, you know, a uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl would go missing, right? Which isn't something crazy, right? We see this happening all over the place, right? There, I remember there was one Christmas, I think it was back in uh, like 2014, maybe, something like that in the UK, where a, a, a teacher right, went missing, and I think everyone assumed, oh, yeah, she was murdered, right, and yeah, she got murdered by her landlord, who, as soon as you saw him, there's, he, he was, it's one of these weirdos that gives the interview, it's like, oh, I, I reported it to police, because, and it's just like, oh, no, you, like, seeing him, you just be like, yo, he's the one, man, he's the one, right, but at the same time, a prostitute had been murdered. No traction, right? This teacher was on the news every day until they, you know, found that it was the landlord that did it. Teacher, I don't think she got a mention, right? I came across the story um, while hunting for... Um, I forget what I was looking for, but I came across, and it was just insane. You know, like, um, I think it was in 2020. It might have been before that, slightly before that, but two, um, two uh, young black sisters were killed, and the police really didn't do much to... And, and it's just one of these things that we see happen, and it is harrowing. Right, it is. It's just harrowing. I think what this story also does it shows the danger of young women traveling on their own, right? And this was a taxi, right? It's a taxi. It's not a. It doesn't seem like it's an illegal cab or anything like that. It's a registered taxi, but you never know. You never know. So there are all these factors here that just really amplify how just harrowing this is. No, you know what I mean? And that's apart from all the other things that we see. You know, the, the realization of what the sound meant. You know, the, the thing at the end, right? There's these things that are just, ugh. Horrible, horrible. But man, our two leads do a very good job of just relaying this interaction. You know, Sierra Lee, she really plays 
you know, just the annoyance of the beginning of the evening to then this realization, this fear, this, you know, like trying to escape and just all of these emotions. And, oh, Aiden Divine, he, he nails creepy, sadistic, just, ugh, a cold fucking heart. Oh, man, it is done very well. It's done very well, people. If you get a chance to see, she whistle, she whistles, because I can't pronounce the other version. I don't want to butcher it again. People, go check it out. It's only 12 minutes. So we stick with Canada with our next short, which is called Smart. Okay, people, so with this next film, we really see the meaning of size doesn't matter, right? Because Joanna Tassanis, what she does with, I think, I think it's just over six minutes. Oi, she really does pack a punch. So her film is called Smile. She wrote and directed it. Um, it's produced by Zeus Contananis and Adrian Bob. Cinematography is handled by Jason Han. And it is starring um, Constantina Mantelos. She plays Anna. Ashley Lawrence is the voice of her mother. Um, and Tyler Williams plays Morose. Yes. So the gist is this. When a young woman struggles to smile, her depression becomes something truly monstrous. And uh, yeah, I think this really does kind of bring to life some of those feelings, right, I think, are there with depression. So we have a woman, she's in the bathroom, she's, you know, got loads of tablets in front of her, and she's listening to a voice message from her mum. And her mum is, like, yeah, she's she's not being irritating, you know, she, you can feel the, uh, and just hear this just desire to try and reach her, right? Try and connect with her. Let her daughter know that there, there's another side, right? They, you know, there was good times. There can be good times again. You know, she's just trying to comfort and, it, it, uh, it, you know what I mean? It, it's sad, right? It hits you because, listen, when these things hit you, people can say whatever, right? Because it doesn't register. And especially on some of these medications, which just can turn you off, 
right? The, the your ability to process is is gone. It's all haywire. You're just flatlined. You're like a zombie. And we see her in front of the mirror, and after the phone call, she's trying to smile, right? She uses her hands to be like, mm, you know, but it's just, it, it's not working. But, yeah, there's noises in the flats, and, you know, we see her try and investigate and just all of this. But, you know, the flat's dark. And not that it's night. I don't know if it's nighttime. She just hasn't got lights on. But it, it, it creates this foreboding. You know what I mean? Just this thought of, oh, there's something. There is something there. Which, you know, is kind of perfect. Because when you're feeling these lows... It does feel like there is something just out of reach sometimes, you know? Like, you can sense something, and, you know, a lot of that, it's just like, you, you feel there's an emotion, but you just can't connect with it, right? Or there's a fault, and you can't, just can't get it. You know, that, that, that's what it's like. So just this kind of visualization of that. Oh, it was very good. It was very good. And it then gets, oh, <laughs> I mean, just, woo. I think we get that sense of, you, you know, night terrors, right? That, that paralyzing thing where you can't move, you're in bed, you're trapped, and just all of this is brought to life, it is, oh gosh, the way this ends, it is very just unsettling, very unsettling, but that's emotions, right, it, it, it's not necessarily always good, and especially when you're feeling a certain way, so I think that what um, Joanna Tassanis has done with Smile is tremendous. She has done a, a marvelous job. You know, the acting is very good, right? Mantelios, the way she portrays Anna, you know, you do get the, the, the sense of someone just in this morose, right? It, it, it's great, and then we see Morose, you know, uh, and that is, with Morose, I think the way that's handled, it is like the thing, or the first alien, right, where you don't see the thing clearly, but it's there, you know, and, and yeah, this, it's a great job, it's a great job, you know, she it looks like she has been taking this short on the road, on the road, um, and I've I don't think these two festivals have happened yet. So I think after Final Girls, she's going to Mammoth Film Festival and Nevermore Film Festival. So if you are in those spots, 
And, you know, just any festival you are at, keep an eye out for Smile because, um, yeah, it's a very well put together little short. And I, I, I think people definitely should watch it. So there you go, people. Our next short is A German Affair. And it's also a book adaptation. It is called a Dedication. Okay, so next up is Dedication, right? Um, which is definitely an interesting one, right? It is... Um, Actually, an adaptation of a Stephen King short, uh, short um, novel, novella, novella. Yeah, I mean that would be it, right? Uh, it was adapted, you know, and directed by Selena Sonderman. She also produces the film with Samuel Perra. Peralta, executive producing, uh, Tyler Reidzis and Duf Tui handles the music, Philip Reinking handles the cinematography and edits the film, um, sound is from Zandra Popescu and Julia Shropshire, also, we have Alex Feldman and Paul Shishush. Uh Camera work is Michaela Masoto. Um, editorial was Malagota Mara Pronko. And... Um, uh, also on production was Sophia Tamaro. Uh, our cast, we have got um, Raquel Villar. She plays Martha Rosaro. Uh, she's our, our main character. Her colleague at the hotel is... Um, Octavia Zagamorva, who is played by Daniel Schneider. Um, the cook at the hotel, and also the uh, the witch, right? The hmm. Yeah, I mean, village elder, like who she, you know, might have been re referred to in other spots. Uh, Mama Delmo, she is played by Bonaventura uh, Bun Brunstein. And, and they're kind of our main group right i would yeah i would definitely say they're they're the main group that we have 
Uh, now, the gist is this, right? It's both a drama and a mystery as it tells a very personal story about Martha, who moves to Berlin in hopes of getting control of her own life. While she gets a job working as a maid in a prestigious hotel, her past catches up with her as the skeletons in her closet threaten to overwhelm her. Magic seems like the only way out for her. Funny thing is, well, there's a couple of things. So this actually, it, it, it came from Kickstarter, you know. Um, yeah, they, they kickstarted the project in 2018, you know, which, um, hey, it's, it's a difficult thing to do, you know especially when it comes to like films and you know being a short film right so yeah I, I feel that was definitely a, 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 a an impressive feat right but also when I you see we see the opening shot and um Marpa's coming out of an airport and I thought to myself that looks like Berlin right? Yeah, I've only been to Berlin once, but yeah, the airport, there's a distinctive kind of look and feel to it. And I was like, I think that's, well, I was like, I think it's either Berlin or it's Amsterdam, right? But Berlin was the one that came to mind first. And yeah, when I found out, oh shit, it's Berlin. I was like, yo, okay, okay. But yeah, so we see her there and then she's, um, at work, right? I, I there was a fear because there are subtitles, but they are pretty slow. So you know, it took a little bit longer, but not it wasn't as bad. And then it's also going in and out of English, so it's not subtitled all the way through. So there is that, and they did do the subtitles well on a you know, solid background. So all power to them who actually do it the right way you know what i mean but uh, a bit like you know some of the other films it, it, it's not necessarily your traditional horror right because we have i think at first we have martha at the hotel and working and we see her kind of be talked down to by one of the guests at the hotel and you think it's gonna spin out of that or something's gonna happen in the room or something but then we find oh it's not that right and you know things happen and you're like okay it, 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 it is, is that the thing, right? Is it um, like demonic possession or something? And you you then kind of learn because it's actually something that Mama Damon says, you know, that it's the, uh, like the, in the conception. And when we see a flashback to this scene at the end of the film oh 
I mean, it's a it's a tale old by t older than time. Older than that's the I feel that's the expression. It might not be, <laughs> but yeah, it, it it it's one of these things. It's not like a foreign thing, but it's just, oh, it's always heartbreaking when you see something like that. You just be like, God damn it, man! And you also realize, yeah, this this isn't necessarily just fiction these things happen so we have that but yeah it, it's that's the thing right the, the horror is in the situation right and the more we learn ah yeah the more it kind of really hits you and we see like Martha's resolve to try and heal the situation and when she goes to Mama Damon's house, I got like the way like the, the seance kind of thing is shot, right? With the light and the dark and, you know, we, we kind of got this lucid type of image. Smoke is everywhere and, ah, it, it's very, man, it invokes so much just in this kind of scene, you know? But we also see, like, th this shift in characters. You know, like, people who are perceived to be one way, we, we see a slight different side to them. And it, it's an interesting film, right? It, it's just about 17 minutes, I think. Um, yeah, I think it might be a little bit less. Might be a little bit less than 17 but, yeah, it is very interesting. It is definitely very interesting. And you're kind of just seeing, like, people try and cope with a situation. You know? Try and cope with the situation. But also, what can magic do? Right? What can magic do, you wonder? Right? You definitely wonder... Okay, where is this going? Right, what are they gonna do? And so, when you see it, you're like, "Oh, oh shit!" But yeah, very good acting, right? Very good acting from um, you know our uh, our heroine, as it were. You know, she does a a great job of just conveying this emotion, you know, Villa, uh, yeah, she really does, and, um, yeah, just our other characters, too, like, uh, yeah, this is, it, it's well played, it's well balanced, and, yeah, not a typical horror film, though definitely more horrific when you realize what has happened, but, yeah, I'd say dedication. Ah, right, so it's decent, man. It's definitely a decent little short, right? It, it has you thinking, has you thinking, and it definitely touches the heart. So, people, there you go. If you see it, if you see it, and you're a you know you're a fan of Stephen King, then I think you're gonna want to see what Solomon has achieved. 
with uh, with dedication. All right, so we now have an entry from Sweden. It is called The Expected. Okay, people. So I have to say, I was not expecting an animated piece when I, you know, watched The Expected. But it is the new film from Carolina Sandvik. You know, she's a, a Swedish creator. And the film is about a father-to-be who ends up in a feverish nightmare after a miscarriage. I mean, you know, obviously, it's he, his wife has had this miscarriage, right? And, you know, a, a strange entity seems to be growing in the blood, right? In, in the blood that is left over. And... Man, this is it, it, it's intriguing because when you think about right the imagery, is it opens up and we kind of we're seeing like ice, right? It looks like ice tundras, which you are kind of like, hmm, what does what does this mean? Wait, what what's happening here? What's going on? You're not quite sure. Right, so we have this, and then um, we see the couple in bed. Right, they'll see the couple in bed. Then you know she's taking a bath, he's drying his hair. But we keep on seeing these ice tundras. Then there's a, a shot of her standing on ice, right, and the ice is cracking, and so. On its own, you wonder about those imageries, right? But I think then, once you understand, right, she's had this miscarriage, it does make sense. Because it, I, I guess it's that, that feeling, that fear of, is the ice going to break, right? Am I, is it over? Right, And so I, I think when pregnant women have certain, they feel certain pains, right? There is always that fear. There is always that fear of what's going on, right? Is this heartburn? Or is, does this mean the baby's like in trouble? What's happening? And it must feel like standing on thin ice, right? Hearing it crack and thinking, can I make it before this breaks, right? Can I make it? Can I survive this year? So I think that alone, that imagery, that is genius, right? But also, like, the big thing with this is, um, because it's not so much the people, right? The people look fine, but the real detail, the real impressive stuff is in like the watermelon, right? The cutting of the watermelon, the boiling of eggs. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we get the uh, coffee uh, cafetiere being plunged. There's this crazy detail in those things that you're like, damn. 
you know, just like the hair dryer and all of this. And then we've got the effects, right? As I said, look, you hear the ice cracking. Ice cubes in a glass, right? All of these effects, you, you hear those noises and you see it and you're like, that looks pretty good. And then with the noises, you're just like, yo, you know what I mean? It's really invoking those sensations of, oh yeah, coffee, man, or ice in a cup. Ah, yes, of course. And that's just very impressive. But it's that you then, as I said, look, we, we have this feverish, you know, situation going on. There's, you know, you see he doesn't really know what to do. Doesn't really know what to do. He's trying to care for his wife. But it's all a bit like, oh, what do I do? Why, what's going on? And, you know, just, just the things that we see then going on, right? How he's obviously trying to cope with the situation and like, is this situation real, right? Or is this all just a coping mechanism, right? It's people trying to deal with this trauma, right? So yeah, when you're watching this visually, it is like, as I said, look, the detail and just everything that has gone into this, Right, you know how slow clay animation can be, right? So just the fact that Sandvik has been able to do this, and it's 14 minutes, 15 minutes, right? Which might seem short, but when you're shooting like all these different frames just for a second of shot right, it is painstaking, and she has done this incredible job, incredible job, and then you, you factor in the metaphors and the imagery she's using to relay this hellish situation, it is very impressive, I've, I've got to say, it really is, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect, I wasn't expecting animation, and I wasn't expecting, like, the depth of, like, emotion for this story. But, yeah, Sandvik has done an incredible job, right? I, I can only say Sandvik because, yeah, I, 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 you know, on IMBD, it doesn't show anyone else involved or anything like that. So, it, you know... If there's other people involved, they did a hell of a job with Sandvik. If it's just Sandvik, god damn, this is impressive, right? So, yeah, the expected, uh, it's not a happy-go-y story, but it, it just the way it's presented, I, I feel that you should definitely watch it, right? So, people, yeah, keep your eye out, the expected. I think it might be on Mubi, Moochby, Mubi, however you pronounce it. I think it's on there. And our final short in this block is a UK affair. It is called Beta Male Tale of the Dark L.
Okay, so our last short in um, this block is beta male, right? Um, oh, actually, it's got, let's go, it's full title. Beta male, the tale of the dark L. And uh, yeah, this is a written and directed by Marianne Chase. And I, I don't know why that name rings a bell, but it does ring a bell, right? Um, the photography, director of photography is Stephen Santa Cruz. Um, it is edited by Eduardo Carilingo. Um, India Stewardson is assistant director. Um Afia Pivato is second unit. Um, Stephen Santa Cruz, Moa Madsen, Shen Oki, uh, got Eduardo Carolingo again, um, Anthony Bullinger, Kyle Chase, Flora Dara. Irons, Jamie Carpen, Rose Hockady, Daisy Grindrod. Um, yeah, they they all provide support on the back end. Um, Afia Elms is there, Pollyanna Stolaravona. Um, and Sam Roberts-Jones, Emily Taylor, Kyle Miller. Yeah, they all help. It is produced by India Stewardson, executive produced by Eduardo Carolingo and Dial M for Magic. So, um... Yeah, they all help out with the film and our cast. Well, we have got Marianne Chase. She plays Audrey. Gabrielle Bissett-Smith plays Elle. Uh, the manageress who we hear is played by Pollyanna Stolarabarana. Um... And then there is um, Ip Hijina Bal and Moa Madsen. Um, yeah, they're also in the piece. So the gist of the film is this. Right. Um, and I, I will say, right, as soon as I watched it, I was like, I know that spot. Right, just from the outside shot, I was a bit like, hold on, is that, I feel that's the Curzon, right, Curzon Soho, I love that cinema, it's such a great little spot, um, and yeah, then when I, when I come to read the info, it is the Curzon Soho, so, you know, but it says, based on a bizarre real life encounter, Beta male is a surreal reimagining of what it's like to get hit on by a creep. 
shot in the iconic Curzon Soho, the film follows Audrey, who we meet at the end of another draining late night shift in the cinema. Tired and jaded, all she wants is to enjoy the sweet reward of a slice of chocolate cake. I mean, it does, man, it looks like Black Forest Gatto. Looks very moist and um, tasty. Um, in the peace and quiet of a customer-free zone. Instead, she is surprised by an unwanted customer. It soon becomes clear this man has stuck around for the sole purpose of catching our female protagonist alone. His arrogant leading chat-up lines are typical of a manipulative egotist. Seeking, um, reeking of entitlement and misogyny and assuming Audrey can be bought with backhanded compliments and bribes. Audrey is initially compliant, indulging the customer's wishes, responding to his neg-out banter with her own uh, cocky responses. But in the end, the man's weird games and refusal to leave means Audrey has no choice but to act. Bum, 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 bum. So, uh, yeah, there you go. And, um, listen, I, uh, I've worked in a cinema, right? So I have definitely dealt with customers that uh, don't want to leave, right? And try and engage in banal, irritating, and weird conversations, Right, I, I haven't necessarily been in a situation as Audrey, but um, I have been in some weird ones. I, I've been in weird ones with staff. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I may have told one story on Echoes from the Void, but yeah, it, it is so you definitely feel for her in this um, in regard, and especially the mess that some fucking customers will do it's uh it can get crazy but yeah th this whole thing like it, it's definitely a little fun piece here with the undertones of yeah the creepy right because this is played tongue-in-cheek but yeah there's weird weird things that people do and especially the whole pointing out stuff like yeah, it's good there's all cameras here, you know, keeping you safe, right? It's just like, what the fuck do you mean by that, right? What, what do you expect me to say? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's weird. So we get all of this, and yeah, look, it's, it's enjoyable. I mean, I will say, Bissett Smith, it felt like he was channeling... Um, can't think of the dude's name, but he's Toast of London, right? That dude. Um, I, he's, I think he's in like Trigger Happy TV, and uh, I believe he was in, I think he's the boss in IT Crowd. I think that's the one. 
right? Um, and it felt that, yes, Smith was trying to challenge him. Like, yeah, his acting wasn't the best, but Chase does give us a, a very good portrayal of Audrey. And, um, you know, dialogue-wise, it works, you know, bouncing back and forth. You know, they couldn't have shot it in a better location. So it's definitely got that feel, right? And, and it does kind of really channel the end of night at a cinema. So it does very well. Um, listen, so the shorts can be viewed, right? So, you know, check out the link on the website uh, or um, go to the Final Girls website and you can find the link there as well. But also we give you the link to um, Chase's, uh, you know, her Vimeo. And um, yeah, I think you can watch it there too. So I would definitely say watch it. It's a little fun piece, you know. Uh, and, you know, we clearly see that she's got skills. She's got talent. So, you know, I think it's definitely someone to look out for. But, yeah, that's it for... Um, for this block, people. So, yeah, give a beta male a watch if you like that awkward, weird kind of encounter horror. And our first feature film of the festival is We're All Going to the World Fair. Okay, so I don't know what the fuck to make out of this one, right? It is, we're all going to the World Fair. Okay, so it is the new film from Jane Shinobram, right? Um, Shinobram writes and directs the feature. Uh we have got uh, Sarah Winchell and Carlos Zuzea producing. Uh, Abby Harry co-produces. And Zachary Shedd, Theodore Schaffer, Matthew Petock. Mila Metiva, Hannah Dweck, and Daniel Patrick Carbone, executive produce. The music is handled by Alex G. Cinematography is Daniel Patrick Carbone. Shabon Brum um, edits the film. Abby Harry also um, handled the casting. Grace Sloan was on production design. Nicole McMinn and Lily Teplan handled the art direction. Harry also does costume design. Uh, Camilla Morales, she does the makeup and the production management. Willie McGee and Jeff 
Pineda handle um, the second unit stuff. James Ham is on art design. Ellie Cohen, Heba Monetti, Overcoast, and Jack Sazna handle the sound. So the film stars. It's not a huge cast, right? We have Anna Cobb as Casey. Um, we have Holly Ann Frink as Plastic Girl. Michael J. Rogers plays JLB. And then we've got a, uh, I think these people are like notable YouTube streamers. So Theo Anthony, Evan Santiago, May Let's, aka Nike's Fears, NYX Fears, um, and Slight Sounds. Okay. So the gist of the film is um, this. Late on a cold night somewhere in the US, teenage Casey sits alone in her attic bedroom, scrolling the internet under the glow-in-the-dark stars and black-like posters that blanket the ceiling. She has finally decided to take the World's Fair Challenge an online role-playing horror game, and embrace the uncertainty it promises. After the initiation, she documents the changes that may or may not be happening to her, adding her experiences to the shuffle of online clips available for the world to see. As she begins to lose herself between dream and reality, a mysterious figure reaches out, claiming to see something special in her uploads. So, uh, yeah, there we go. And it's odd. <laughs> this film is very odd. I think it talks to the TikTok generation, right? I think mean, it talks to the people that feel they need to put every one of their notions, of their thoughts and feelings online. That's what it kind of seems to me. Because we have we have Casey just saying this random stuff, shooting these random videos, which are... They're not great. <laughs> I mean, they're not. They're not great. And that's not really addressed, right? Which I there's a, there's things that happen which I do find odd because it's like the, you know, I think you've got the thing between production and content. Right, so even if you think, ah, oh, my production isn't quite how I would like it, the content is kind of fire. You feel me? But with this, it's just like, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. Right, she shoots 
this weird little dance video thing. And like some of the action she's doing, we don't really know how old she is, but she does seem young. But she's thrusting her hips out, right? And she keeps on kind of pulling on the top or kind of, yeah, in, in a weird way, right? And bucking the hips like, you know. And you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? Like, I think if you're doing things to be ironic, right, there's one thing, but it doesn't come off like that. So you do, you are curious. It's not like it seems she has a load of friends because we don't see her talk to anyone. You know, so it's, yeah, it, it's a weird, it's not like she's looking at her video, uploading stuff, looking at videos like, oh, you know, smile happy 243, like the video. Oh, I've got new viewers. You know, there's none of that, right? And the only reason you feel she's doing it would be for that, right? I, I, I yeah. So it, it, it's a little confusing in that regard. There does seem to be, like, she does seem very lonely. You know, like, she talks about things in this kind of isolation. And yeah, as I said, look, she's just always in this room, right? There is one point when her dad shouts at her. We don't see him. We just hear him. Like, it's three o'clock in the morning, which is odd because it didn't seem that the video she was watching is playing that loud. But then in other points of the film where she's stamping on the floor, jumping around or screaming, nothing, right? And you're just like, huh. Now, I I think it's fair to say, uh, you know, a, a couple of those times, maybe he's out. I wouldn't say he's out all the time, especially some of them seem very late at night. So yeah, it's, you do kind of wonder, right? What is the home situation? What's going on with this girl? Why would she want to take the World Fair Challenge anyway? Right? And she gives this reason. And you're just like, that. that's not good. That's weird. <laughs> like, that's the reason was bizarre. So you'd think like, oh, we should explore that because that doesn't seem healthy at all. <laughs> it really doesn't. And then during the film, right, so it's all kind of going in this one way. We're following her. She's kind of going, I'm going to track my progress, all of this. And we see, like, at the very start, we do get cut in from... Other, like short snippets of other videos of the, these other people that have supposedly taken this challenge, right? 
But as the film goes on a bit further, I think after about half an hour, the kind of way it's presented slightly shifts. And it's kind of like we we see something and then it's buffering and then we see something else kind of thing. And we get a, a few more kind of snippets from these other streamers. And this time we get slightly longer with the content. Which... Like, up to this point, we don't really see anything crazy, crazy. One video, like, one video is like, what? Right? And it, it's this expectation now that, oh, shit is going off. But it doesn't. Right, it doesn't really go anywhere. That what we see in this one thing is never really addressed. Right, the actions of this other streamer make it seem like it's something else. Right, so this whole notion of what we're seeing and what we're not becomes a little confusing, but not in the uh, like, is this illusion? Is it? It's just like, uh, do I care? You know? And yeah, as mentioned, right? Someone, this guy reaches out to her who is considerably older. And you think to yourself, why? Right? Because it, we, or he's like, um, Oh, I've got a lot of experience of this thing. I, I think I can help you. I understand it. Bum, bum, bum. But why? Right? What? How do you have this experience? Right? What's the deal? And he never says. And you have this girl talking to him. She's sharing video. He's not. And you're just like, what? Who's doing that? You know, and that kind of makes you really see how lonely Casey is. But it is all weird. Right? It is all weird. And there's not a lot that kind of gives you a deeper connection. Right? You're, you're kind of like, ah... What is the reasons here? Did he lose a daughter? Did he, like, what's the thing? Why should we care about this? You know? I think that's the big thing here. There is this thread going through the film that makes you think, oh, something is coming, right? Something is coming. You, There is this slight kernel of intrigue but there was a, a a few times throughout where I was a bit like I think I'm done I think I'm gonna turn it off you know and I'm all about different things and odd expression and everything like that but yeah, sometimes you need something 
you need something to hold it all together. And that just, I don't know, I, I for me, it, it just wasn't really resonating. But yeah, as I said, look, I think this is for this TikTok nation, the, 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 the people consumed by social media. I think it would resonate with them more. It's not long. It's 86 minutes. It did feel longer. All right. Now, if you didn't get to see it in Berlin, supposedly it's going to be hitting on the 22nd of April, right, in the States, um, in the cinema, and also HBO Max. So, uh, yeah, I, if you like um, experimental stuff, right, which doesn't necessarily have to have a flowing, cohesive story, then maybe we're going to the World Fair is for you. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so there you go. There you go. Now, the feature films are geo locked, but all the shots you can go watch. So, in the episode details, people, right, go hit those links, right? And yeah, you can go wherever you are, wherever in the world you are. And I know you motherfuckers be international people, as that's how we do. You can get yourself some Final Girls 7th Deadly Edition flavor. And it's just day one. So make sure you come back each day as we recap. Right? And it has to be a little bit late. We have to drop these later because, you know, embargoes and all of that. All right? But, hey, people. Trust the judgment. Go check. All right? And go check out, you know, the official weekly echo chamber that probably is dropped as well. All right? So enjoy, people, and we'll see you at day two.